This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome again to our reading and praying psalms together this morning. My name is Andrew, and I'll be your guide this morning in our journey through psalms. Now, as with yesterday, our goal each morning is to read a psalm together, to understand what it says, and to pray and even sing the psalm as a community. So this is your platform to journey through the psalms together. In fact, I'm going to begin by reading Psalm 2. While everyone is uh, on mute, um, I could still invite you to read psalms with me on your end. So let me begin by reading Psalm 2 from my end as you read from yours. Psalm 2. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. For his wrath will, can flare up in a moment and blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now, many years ago, while I was serving in a parish in Perth, I was on my way home from the supermarket when suddenly a shiny SUV horned at my old Camry. It cuts into my lane and overtook me. Perhaps my unimpressive car was getting in his way. The driver sped off like the hare racing past the tortoise in Aesop's fable. But as a good drama unfolds, he was stuck at the traffic light a hundred meters ahead. And taking my own sweet time, I eventually stopped next to the SUV. I, I tried to look at the, at the driver of the, next, of the car of the SUV, but the driver didn't look back at me. I don't think the driver was very happy. So the moment the traffic light turns green, the driver stamped on his accelerator and sped off. But again, 100 meters later, I was back at his tail. His roaring engine at the red light told me that he was not happy. So I could only smile and wonder when I drove past him at the third traffic light, making my left turn on Green Home, while he sat in rage waiting for his red light once more. You know, both of us, me and the other driver, we should have recognized very quickly on that day 
that the traffic light ultimately rules, not the drivers, nor the size of the cars. Our efforts and angers were in vain when we pit against the one who is in control. Psalm 2 verse 1 reads, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? This morning as we come to Psalm 2, the psalmist begins abruptly with this question, Why rage? Why conspire against God? And why do you plot in vain against Him and His anointed? Why do you set yourself against the one who ultimately rules? So along with Psalm 1, which we looked at yesterday, Psalm 2 is the second pillar that paves the entrance to the rest of the Psalms. It is a poetry that depicts the vain attempt of worldly powers and self-proclaimed kings pitting against God and His anointed King. So there are four scenes in Psalm 2. So let me give them to you before we stop briefly at each of these traffic lights. From verses 1 to 3, the challenge was against God. Verses 4 to 6, we hear the laughter of God in response. Verses 7 to 9, we read the words from God. And verses 10 to 12, the offer of God. Now in verse 1 to 3, we hear the hatred and the enmity of the worldly powers towards God and His anointed King. This challenge is also portrayed throughout the Psalms of King David. Now a chosen king is meant to represent his God's rule. So any opposition against the king is also an opposition against God. We don't need to flip very far before we read of such plots and oppositions. Right after Psalm 2 in Psalm 3, which we'll look at tomorrow, we hear of God's anointed king, David, crying out that his enemies have risen up against him. Even his own son, Absalom, wanted to usurp his throne. The enemies tried to frighten God's anointed with words like, God will not deliver him in Psalm 3 verse 2. But on this side of the cross, you and I, we know that God's anointed king was not only King David, but his descendant king, Jesus. We read in Acts 4, 24 to 27, which you can look at later on if you have time, how Peter and John, they quoted these very words of Psalm 2 as if they were from the lips of David referring to Jesus. That though Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, they conspire against Jesus. It was really all in vain. Their shiny SUVs have no power over God's rule, God's traffic light for this world, and God's king from heaven. As we follow on the scene to verses 4 to 6, we initially see God laughing at their feeble attempt. But God's laughter soon turned to scuff, to anger, and finally to raft. This second scene brings to our attention that God is really not amused by our rebellion against Him. Whether it's a human king that we put on the throne or the paper crowns that we put on ourselves, God is not amused, not at a ridiculous pride that opposes Him. So while our world wants to be free from God to be our own gods, the attempts will fail, says Psalms 2. 
God declares that he has already installed the rightful king for this world on Zion, his holy mountain. In fact, in verses 7 to 9, the king himself echoes God's promise to King David back in 2 Samuel chapter 7. God says to his anointed king, You are my son. I am your father. And not only that, God said to his son, the covenant king, in verse 8, Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. This anointed king will have two things from God. The world will be his inheritance, and the enemies will be totally crushed by the rods of iron, like pottery dashed into pieces. And so as we come to the final scene from verses 10 to 11, the psalmist then offers counsel to those who are willing to listen, to the rebels, to the kings, to the rulers, and to us. After painting the reality to us, the psalmist cried out, Therefore, turn away from your rebellion against God. Recognize God's anointed king. Give him the kiss of homage and affection that is rightfully his. Throw away our paper crowns. Kneel before the king of heaven and earth. Now, dear friends, what does it mean for the choir in ancient Israel to sing Psalm 2? It is really a song to the nations. It's not sung to God's people. It is God's people singing to the nations that they will turn from their rebellion against God and to come before God's chosen king. In their days, the king would have been David, God's covenantal king. But ultimately, it points to the descendant promise in 2 Samuel chapter 7, which the apostle Peter and John declared authoritatively in Acts for as King Jesus. So as we close our time this morning, the question comes back to us. What does it mean for us to sing Psalm 2? It is a song that God's people are to sing to the world. Let us not rebel against God and His anointed King any longer. Yesterday in Psalm 1, the choir begins with these words, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. And today, Psalm 2, it ends the choir, ends with the words, Bless are all who take refuge in Him. So in Psalm 1, we read that God has a perfect rule, He has a perfect law, which the blessed person delights in and keeps it perfectly. Psalm 2 here, we read that God has anointed a perfect king, His perfect king, that all who take refuge in him will be blessed. So for Psalm 1 and 2, they being the pillars, they will set the stage of the rest of the Psalms where anointed king will sing before God as his father and his people will join him as the choir to sing with their choir master. Dear friends, what is our relationship with God's anointed king? Are we going to be like the kings and rulers who pit against God, asking him to get out of our turf? Or are we those who will sing this psalm, looking to our king, the king God has set before our world with great joy 
and confidence. As Christopher Ash in his book on Psalms conclude, when we sing Psalm 2, we are really committing ourselves to at least three decisions with regards to our own will. First of all, he says that when we sing Psalm 2, we affirm that we too believe in the universal kingship of Jesus the Messiah. And one day, Jesus' kingdom will come. When we sing Psalm 2, we affirm that if we continue to trust in Jesus to the end, we will share with him in ruling the nations. And finally, when we sing Psalm 2, we declare that we too have heeded the warning that rebellion is futile and it leads to our own destruction. Dear friends, can I also add that when we sing Psalm 2 as Christians, we are declaring to our world, as we look at our world, that we do not drive our SUVs against God's rule, for we will only end up crashing into our own destruction. So with that, I'm going to invite us to round up our morning by praying Psalm 2. So can I invite you as we pray together? Let's pray. Oh dear Heavenly Father, why do the nations rage against you? It is because we want to be our own kings and queens to wear our paper crowns. But on your holy mountain, you have placed your chosen king. We thank you for forgiveness of sins when we repent and turn back to King Jesus. We pray God that you have mercy on our world. Let our friends and families, our colleagues and strangers, our human rulers and every citizen of this world to have a chance to hear and turn back to your king sitting on Zion, whom you have already declared. You are my son. Today, I have become your father. May we not be dashed into pieces by rejecting the rule of your king, but rather may we call him blessed and may we be blessed because we have taken refuge in him, Jesus, our King. In our King's name we pray. Amen. So once again, thank you everyone for joining us this morning. And as we go forth in confidence in our world today, may we, t- may we turn to the psalm that we have just read and hear the tune of God's anointed King ringing in our minds. May we put down our paper crowns and worship the anointed king who is already seated on the throne and will come back as the king of this world. I'm going to leave this room open for a few minutes for anyone to have questions later on. But for the rest of us, let me leave you, first of all, with a song on Psalm 2 by Jesse and Leah Roberts, a psalm about God's anointed king. I hope you enjoy this and we'll see everyone tomorrow.
your holy mountain you have placed your chosen king on the throne of Zion still you On your holy mountain, you have placed your chosen king. On the throne of Zion, still you You shall break them with the rod of iron And dash them in pieces, dash them in pieces I will make the nations your heritage The ends of the earth your possession You shall break them with the rod of iron And dash them to pieces, dash them to pieces
for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.